word of God is light. It is light. It actively works. It is effective. It penetrates. It rejuvenates. Oh my, oh my. An encounter with God's word is life changing. It is life enhancing. You are listening to a podcast by Prophet Komezu Shamin. Engaging in offensive warfare and engaging in defensive warfare. But today I want to even just expand on that so that you learn how to deal with this enemy. Alright. You have to understand that we are in a world that is full of battles all around us. Battles that we have not even started ourselves. Battles that perhaps <laughs> even in our case as we are experiencing them we are very innocent. But yeah, they are battles. Warfare did not begin just here on earth. The Bible gives us guidance that warfare was also present in heaven. Alright, so there is what is known as warfare that was present in heaven, but there is also known as, there is also what is known as warfare that is present here on earth. Now, the Bible in Revelation chapter 12 tells us the warfare that actually happened uh, in heaven. Somewhere from verse 7, it tells us that the dragon began to contend against Michael and his angels. Alright. So the dragon together... Okay. And the Bible says, it says, And war broke out in heaven. Michael and his angels fought with the dragon, and the dragon and his angels. So we see war in heaven, and we see Michael fighting against the dragon. Michael and his angels fighting against the dragon and his angels. So not only did Michael have angels, the dragon also had angels. And as warfare began to go on, the next verse, the Bible tells us that, but they did not prevail, nor was a place found for them in heaven any longer. All right. So just as there was a confrontation between Michael and his angels against the dragon and his angels, uh, the Bible tells us, it tells us, <laughs> Uh, the end result it gives us a prophetic picture of the continuous end result of the enemy they do not prevail so if at all there is a facet in your life that perhaps the enemy is prevailing then that is what I I actually call uh, allowing the enemy to win surrendered victory amen and amen next verse Bible says, and so the great dragon was cast out at that serpent of old, called the devil. You see, it's even telling you who the dragon is. It's not a story. Yeah. Called the devil and Satan, who deceives the whole world. He was cast to the earth, and his angels were cast out with him. Where? On the earth. So, <laughs> you see that the angels and the great serpent who is, or the devil was cast out on earth. Uh, and then in the next verse, the Bible tells us that then a loud voice saying in the heaven, now salvation and strength and the kingdom of our, of our God and the power of his Christ has come. For the accuser of our brethren who accused them before our, our God day and night has been cast down. Uh-huh. Next verse. And they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and 
by the word of their testimonies now it's saying they overcame him who the inhabitants of the earth are the ones who are overcoming uh, uh, this enemy all right so now on earth there is warfare but in as much as there is warfare on earth the bible shows us the kind of enemy that we are dealing with number one it shows us that he is a defeated enemy he fights that yet he's defeated i'm sure some of you have encountered your little young siblings who know they can't beat you but they will throw punches at you ever has that ever happened <laughs> little young girl or boy they know they can't do anything to you but they will throw punches at you they will fight but in as much as to them they are saying i am fighting my sister to you you are not fighting them you can't fight your sibling you discipline them so for our, in in the same way our our warfare with the enemy for me i don't call it as a fight i call it as a discipline that's me if you fight well well and good i discipline chaps little minions glory to god hallelujah all right so now how do we deal with this enemy how do we get to discipline him how do we get to uh, uh, ensure that we walk in this victory number one, there is a very important thing that you need to understand discernment is important in spiritual warfare discernment is important in fact the bible in the book of proverbs says no king goes for war minus counsel so you can't go for war you can't engage in warfare minus discerning minus having accurate counsel minus having insight and foresight amen and amen you can't right so uh in the same way somebody will not engage in proper warfare if they rise up and begin to say okay every enemy that is fight we are, we are tired of saying every enemy that is fighting my life let's be more specific you spirit of this you 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 spirit of limitation you spirit of you have to be you have to be um specific in what you are fighting with i'll give you an example when you look at blind bartimaeus seated right there on uh, the place of begging there are two things that he is lacking number one he is lacking sight number two is lacking finances but he was very specific in what he wanted and he said i want to see <laughs> amen and amen he didn't when god asked him what do you want he says i want to see so in the same way you're not going to say every power because if you start talking about every power and don't really recognize what you're fighting uh, then it's like you're having a gun and you're shooting everywhere and you say I'm, i'm i'm dealing with my enemies amen and amen so discernment is very very important and from uh, what i'm actually going to show you i will help you even remember these scriptures right so there are there are certain scriptures when you want to deal with warfare i i, I call them the my my chapter 4 package all right it's a chapter 4 package so when you go to second corinthians chapter number 4 and verse 4 this one has to do with uh, discernment Bible says whose minds the god of this age has blinded. All right. Now, notice the god is a small letter g. 
Alright, so the blinder is not the big letter G. It's a small letter G. But notice it's, he is even called the God of this world. Alright, it says the God of this world has blinded those who believe lest the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine on them. So the God of this world, who is Satan, blinds people, makes people unaware makes people ignorant all right now the the ignorance comes two ways so that they may not see the light of the gospel which will shine on them and so that they are unaware that they are being fought so the first place to actually deal with this god of the world is to descend is to realize remember the bible says greater is he that is in you than what the one who is in the world who is the one that is in the world? The God of the world. So if the Bible tells us that greater is he that is in us and uh, also tells us that we have overcome the world, we don't overcome just the world and its systems. We also overcome its systems and its God. Hallelujah. And so... <laughs> Uh, that's now realization. So your realization or your discernment, number one, will will be will come from the word of God. It will make you realize, hey, okay, I have overcome. I'm actually a victor over the God of the world and its systems. All right. Then from there, your next level of discernment will be a little bit precise whereby you will now begin to know that okay i am fighting this particular thing there is something that is fighting my destiny there is something that is fighting my 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 family there is something that is fighting my marriage there is something that is fighting when you realize then you will be positioned to actually fight so what am i trying to say if you want to first learn how to deal with your enemy grow and grow in discernment obviously how do we grow in discernment there are a lot of spiritual exercises that you can do by growing in discernment number one there's prayer and fasting those sharpen your discernment abilities constant prayer and fasting all right and uh, uh, obviously you can even ask the lord and say dear lord sharpen my discernment that's one prayer i made many years ago and i said sharpen my discernment may i not miss anything amen and amen Number two, apart from uh, being able to discern, uh, the next thing you need to do in how to deal with your enemy, you have to learn how to resist him. Okay, you have to learn how to resist him. Okay, remember we're talking about our chapter four package, right? The first one was First Corinthians, Second Corinthians, chapter four, verse four. This one now is James chapter four and verse seven. Learn to resist him. James chapter number four, verse seven. All right. James 4 verse 7. The Bible says, Therefore submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Alright, so some people know how to identify their enemy. Some people know that really this is fighting me, but they don't actually know how to resist that devil. So even though you know you're under attack, but if you don't learn how to resist, Nothing will actually work out for you. Nothing will actually leave. Nothing will actually run away from you. So you have to learn how to resist. And that, that knowledge comes by knowing who you are in God. Knowing who you are in Christ. And also following the examples and patterns that both 
Jesus Christ and great men uh, encountered throughout the scriptures. The Bible says, mark the perfect man. Learn to observe. So you can observe and say, "Ah, how was Jesus doing it? So when Jesus would encounter uh, spirits, when Jesus would encounter something that uh, is maybe not of God, he would command it to leave. He would command it to leave that environment. He would command it to leave that life. He would command it to leave that person. So in the same way, if we now understand that the enemy is around us, you have the legal authority to command that enemy to let go of your life. Now, what what guarantees you that you have the legal authority? The book of Colossians 1 verse 12 tells us that um, uh, verse 12, we can start from verse 13. The Bible actually tells us he has delivered us from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of his dear son. Right. Yeah. It says he has delivered us from the power of darkness and conveyed us. So the deliverance is not complete until you are translated to a certain place. So the deliverance, thank God, was complete because we were removed from darkness, then put in the kingdom of his dear son. So what does it mean? It means I belong to God, not to Satan. So if Satan plays around with you, you have the legal right to say, don't mess with my life because I don't belong belong to you. That's why today, if I decide perhaps to say, Samuel Mogala, you are now going to stay with me forever and ever I have gotten you. I do not have the legal right to say that. I do not have the legal right to do that. I'll be arrested by senior, Mr. Senior Mogala. Why? <laughs> because Mr. Senior Mogala has the legal right over someone. So in the same way, if you as a believer belong to God, then everything that concerns you should never be touched by the enemy. If he touches, deal with him. Take him to the courts of heaven. Hallelujah. In fact, it's, it's very interesting uh, uh, that when we're dealing with things in the natural world, I mean, if someone steals, I have to take him to court uh, or to the police. It's illegal for me to beat him. In the spiritual realm, it's very legal. It's very legal. You can beat. <laughs> there is nothing like until proven guilty. We know he's guilty. <laughs> All right. So we beat, take to the courts of heaven to give a stiffer punishment. Hallelujah. So feel free to beat. Glory to God. So rebuke the devil, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. But then get back to the scripture, please. And uh, I want you to see something that will help you effectively even learn how to resist the devil. Uh, That's uh, James 4 verse 7. We're in the chapter 4 package. My goodness. Alright, then the Bible says, submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Now, I want you to observe something. Uh, Have you observed before it talks about resisting the devil, it teaches you to actually learn how to submit to God. Right? Now, whatsoever you submit to, you will not resist. Which simply means whatsoever you resist, you are not submitting to. So, 
in short i'm trying to show you that if you submit to satan you can't resist him remember the bible says though in revelation that there was a loud voice it says the one who deceives the world what is deception it's submission under something submission under falsehood so as long as he puts you under his submission you can't resist him <laughs> glory to god so for you to to actually effectively resist satan you have to learn to submit to god in your life in everything that concerns you so if you perhaps there is an area in your life that is submitting to satan then you can't resist him in that way you can't oh uh, uh, someone wants wants to resist the spirit of poverty yet they are submitting to stealing in the house of god it can't work Amen and amen. So to properly resist the enemy, you have to ensure there is no place of your life that is submitting to him. And that takes me to my third point. Don't give him a place. Don't give him a place. Don't give him a place. Ephesians chapter number 4 and verse 27. It says no give to the devil. No no give place to the devil. If you have it in another translation. I think it says don't give him a foothold. Yeah. Leave such no room or foothold for the enemy or for the devil. Give him no opportunity. What does that mean? It says <laughs> it, it shows us that there's a place where you should not give Satan an opportunity. That means he desires an opportunity in your life. Opportunities come through temptations. Opportunities come through uh uh diverse things that you actually need to make a decision over but the bible says don't give him a foothold <laughs> my brother likes to say if you give him a foothold he will grab your leg and everything <laughs> you know <laughs> else okay don't give him a foothold right but at least the best position concerning feet is that he should at least remain under your feet but you're not giving him your foot let him remain under your foot but don't give him your foot glory to god so don't give the devil a chance don't give him an opportunity all right and if you actually read the context of this you will notice that uh, paul was even talking about uh, giving him a chance through an emotion uh, called anger all right he says don't don't sleep angry don't sleep angry the whole night you're angry that that's giving him you know uh, that's giving him a an opportunity to actually work around your life so saints of god i thought even before we pray you have a know-how you have some hindsight you have some insight and some foresight in how uh, we ought to handle things when it comes to spiritual warfare number one, like i said discern know what you're fighting know who you're fighting That's why sometimes you may there are some people you can you can be in a setting like this other people will pray seriously because they know they really know what they are fighting while other people uh, would be so comfortable for their hands sleep chew a bubble gum or whatsoever why because their spiritual father is angel gabriel 
the Ashanis, I mean, <laughs> everything is okay with them. <laughs> so don't worry about those that are under the lineage of Angel Gabriel and, and the like. There are, there are others uh, whose grandfather you know, was serious in a serious cult. There are others, the grandmother, serious witch. Uh, there are others, their cousin is in Satanism. Uh, when they go home... <laughs> They, they know what they are going through. Amen and amen. So let them pray. Yeah? So if they have machine gun prayers, don't worry. Understand them. They are, their battlefield is a, a little bit different from yours. But uh, my encouragement is that to each and every one of you, you have been given, you have been given the responsibility to deal with the enemy. God will not come down. I know many times... Uh, in the Old Testament, we see the Bible say, Oh God, arise and let your enemies scatter. We see the Bible say, uh, The battle is not yours. Uh, it belongs to God. I tell you, in the New Testament, the battle is yours. <laughs> it is yours. <laughs> I mean, at that time, God would come through. Why? Because they did not have capacity. But this time, Jesus says, I, I, I have given you authority. So why do you want Jesus to come down again and say, the battle is yours, Jesus, take it? No, I have given you authority. Why? So that you can deal with these things. Amen and amen. Someone said, the, the battle is mine. That's why if the battle was not yours, Peter would not have told you, be vigilant for your enemy. The devil is probably, moves around like a rolling lion seeking whom to devour. That's why Paul would not have said, we wrestle. When it says we wrestle, it didn't add God. Anyway, let's rise to our feet. <laughs> amen and amen. You should understand when we is being used in the Bible. In Genesis it says let us, when it was said let us make man, you were not the one who was a part of the let us. In Ephesians 6 when it says we, it's not God, God is not part of that meeting. It's Paul, the church at Corinth, the church at Ephesus, the church at Lifewich, the church in Zambia, everywhere. Amen and amen. Hallelujah. And so uh, uh, I want you just to for a moment reflect and try to watch what area of my life do I need to add prayer so that something could change what area of my life remember the Bible says the prayer of a righteous man makes tremendous power available and it's dynamic in its working I love to describe prayer as a very simple experiment that we usually see. In science, we learned that a solid or ice will turn into liquid when it's brought under the subject of heat. So when it's under heat, or rather when heat is imposed on that ice, particles will begin to vibrate. And they will begin to lose their intermolecular forces and you know, every other force that is holding on to them. And when those forces become weak, that's when melting takes place. And that's what prayer does. Prayer applies heat to your situation. Prayer applies fire <laughs> to your situation. 
And so anything that's stubborn, no matter how strong those forces are, they eventually become weak and loose. And what happens is that something changes from solid to liquid. In the same way, prayer changes from bound to free. It changes from uh, sick to healed. It changes the state of matters in your life. Hallelujah. I hope you got that one. Now, I want you to begin to notice those areas in your life that need dynamic change. And I want you to begin to add heat to those areas. For now, let's deal with circumstances before we actually get to deal with spiritual forces in the name of Jesus. Let us just begin to pray in Jesus' mighty name. Shabbat